We are so honored that you would take the time out of your week to listen to this week's message. We pray that you find it helpful and life-giving. If you would like more information on Hope Church, you can check us out at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's D-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening. Uh, I went on a vacation, and I went to the Biltmore, this beautiful mansion. And I remember walking the halls, and there was just door after door after door, and all these beautiful rooms. And I remember standing there, and um, I was just kind of in prayer, just with the Holy Spirit. And he said to me very clearly, in my house, there are many, many rooms, and I have one just for you. And I was like, wow. And I bet it's going to be a little bit better than the Biltmore. (laughs) And I'll probably really like my neighbors. (laughs) It's going to be amazing. And as a child of God, we get to experience heaven even now. Even now. We're going to talk about how we can have a map and a sword and a guide. It's going to be amazing. Would you take your seats? And we're just going to pray as we move into the word. Father, I thank you that you hear us when we call to you. You said, call to me and I will answer you and I will show you great and mighty things that you don't know anything about. I'm so grateful that you do that. Every time I communicate with you, I'm always always enamored with what you tell me. I thank you that in your house there's a room for me and that there's a room for every person within the sound of my voice. I thank you, Lord God, that you are with us and that you are going to speak to us this morning through your word, which is perfect. We're so grateful that the word is available to us. We thank you for those who paid the price for us to have our Bible in the English translation and every translation that you've been able to work. We're so in awe of you, God. Would you help us to have ears to hear and eyes to see what you would say to us today? In Jesus' name, amen. I don't know about you guys, but I love adventures. Absolutely love going to new places. We just went to Great Wolf Lodge with the kids to kind of give them a celebration for (laughs) going through all of the stuff of church planning because as kids, they get drug along to every meeting and work with us in the offices and have to do just about everything. God bless them. Uh, So we went to Great Wolf Lodge. It's kind of an annual tradition for us, and my kids absolutely look forward to it every year. So we went on this adventure. Uh, It's always fun. Um, And we were prepared for this adventure. But there's been times in my life when I haven't been quite prepared for the adventure. Very early on in ministry, I was in youth ministry as a 22-year-old. God only knows why they put me in charge of youth, okay? It was a a hot mess. Uh, So we decided to take the students to an Acquire the Fire event in downtown Baltimore. Now, you have to understand this is way before there was like GPS on your phones, and even before TomTom, okay? So if you know what TomTom is, welcome to being old. Um, Because I know what it is. If you don't, that's okay. Google it, and you'll find something interesting. Um, But before all that, so we went to this event. It was amazing. The worship was incredible. It was in a huge, uh, like, huge downtown area. I don't even remember what stadium it was in. 
Um, but I had the church van, okay? This was the church van that always smelled like dirty socks and uh, was pretty messed up. Well, Alfie decided to take off before I could get all of the kids together because we were just having a blast. And uh, he just shoved the map under the windshield wiper of the church van and left. Now, you have to understand, I followed him to get downtown. So I was like, okay, cool, cool. I've got a 15-year-old co-pilot and a van full of middle schoolers and a map. Needless to say, I was very unprepared for what happened next. We got totally lost. My co-pilot did not know how to read a map, obviously. She'd never even really driven before. So I ended up on Martin Luther King Boulevard in downtown Baltimore at 22 years old with a van full of middle schoolers. And I had to remain calm and not panic. I did have a flip cell phone. And I remember pulling into a very seedy gas station and thinking, oh my gosh, how in the world am I going to get back to the Beltway so I can get home? I don't even know where I'm at. I don't know how to get out of here. And I remember uh, walking away from the van so I could yell at Alfie on the phone for just leaving me with the map. I went in, talked to the guy behind the bulletproof glass at the gas station, and finally figured out how to get home. However, it was about 2 a.m. before I ever got back to Delaware, to our home. And I did a foot check, so I kind of looked under all the seats in the van to make sure that I had, all the kids were gone. Um, I didn't realize that one of the kids had actually fallen asleep on the bench in the back. And I didn't know until at about 7 a.m. when he came knocking on my door asking if uh, he could have breakfast <laughs> that I'd left a kid in the car. <laughs> it was not one of my finest moments in ministry. I was completely unprepared. Have you ever been there? Have you ever been on an adventure where you're completely unprepared for what is happening? Let me tell you, I was pretty sure they were not going to let me do anything else with youth, but no, no, they just let me keep going. I think they were that desperate, really, uh, for somebody. Listen, if we haven't met yet, my name is Emma. I'm the lead pastor here at Hope Church, and I'm so honored that you would take your time to be here. You could have chosen to be anywhere else, but you chose to come and be with us. And we're so grateful. We want to honor your time. Um, and so we're going to jump right in. Um, I don't know about you, but sometimes adventures are planned. And they're awesome. And you have an amazing experience. Other times they're unplanned and they're totally unprepared. Do you remember or have you ever heard of those uh, Choose Your Own Adventure books? Those are pretty cool. They're from the 80s. So if I'm dating myself, that's okay. Um, you might remember, because they were pretty popular, you could read through the adventure and then choose where you wanted to go. Here's a, here's a sample. You and your companions have journeyed on your adventure with just the swords on your hips and some bread and cheese from the last inn that you stopped. As you walk through the valley of gloom with your two companions, a fog is settling in, obscuring your party's view. It becomes so thick that you're forced to walk at a snail's pace. Suddenly, your companion slips, rocks crashing into a deep crevice below him. He screams, and you just miss his hand. He catches your other companion by the ankle and pulls him in to the crevice. You quickly look over to find both companions dangling over what seems like an endless cavern. Just then, you hear a low growl and see the dreaded R-O-U-S slinking hungrily toward your party. If you wish to leave, wish them the best of luck and leave them to their own demise, turn to page six. 
If you attempt to instruct your companions on how to get out of the crevice from a safe distance, turn to page 10. If you call out to the wise guide of the wood and uh, pull your sword and fight the R-O-U-S, turn to page 46. That's how they worked. Choose your own adventure. You love adventures until you don't. Until you got an R-O-U-S. Anybody get the R-O-U-S reference from Princess Bride? Thank you, friends. Thank you, thank you, thank you. The dreaded swamp R-O-U-S's. If you have not watched The Princess Bride, I'm not sure that you can be a partner in Hope Church. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> you have, that's a requirement now. You have to watch that movie. Um, but like, like me, you probably love the idea of heading out on an adventure uh, with friends. But in all honesty, we can be completely unprepared if there's peril ahead. And if you were being honest, you would probably skip ahead in the Choose Your Own Adventure books just to see how it's going to go before you choose which adventure. Because I like to know what I'm getting myself into. I don't know about you, but that's me. And the problem is, is that we try to go on the adventure of life without a guide or a map or protection. And we don't equip what we need to enjoy the journey uh, and help others along the way and overcome any obstacles that we encounter. You do this too. You try to rely on yourself and your own intuition on what has gotten you by before or advice from friends or worse, you Google it. Don't Google it, guys. It's rough, okay, in the Googleverse. It's not great. And, and these things don't often work out for you or they might work for a little bit, but soon you're going to find yourself worn out and looking for something else. It's like taking out a wooden sword and trying to fight a dude in a full suit of metal plate armor, right? It's not going to work. It's just not going to work. And you're not ready for the fight because you're not prepared. You're not prepared. You know how I know? Because it's my problem too. <laughs> it's my problem too. And we're all in this adventure called life. And there are R-O-U-S's, okay guys? And there are pits and there are all kinds of things. And we all have tried to rely on ourselves or others. And we found ourselves staring down the fight and not knowing what to do because we're totally unprepared. Whether it's the divorce you didn't see coming or the loss you could have never predicted or the job that you just thought was going to last forever or the friendships you thought would never break apart. You've been unprepared. Maybe it was the school that you thought totally was going to accept you. I know Harvard said no to me, guys. I don't know why. Just kidding. I never applied. Couldn't afford it. <laughs> the truth is that we can pack for the adventure of life and be prepared. We really, really can. What comes ahead is going to be so much easier if we are prepared. And it might be easier than you think. So we're going to jump into the truth. Now listen, if you don't have a Bible, we would love to give you one. You can just step out at Next Steps and make sure you grab a paper Bible. And you even get the dwell bookmark with your Bible that's going to give you a reading plan that we're all in right now. Tomorrow is going to be, what is that, day? Anybody? Shout it out. It's going to be like day 15, I think. 15 or 16. Um, but the Bible reading plan is out there. We'd be honored to get that in your hands. If not, you have a Bible right on your phone if you have the YouVersion Bible app. If not, I am totally okay with you pulling out your phone and downloading it now. It's worth it. It's free. Um, if you are a phone user, pull it out. We're totally okay with it here. 
um, just make sure it's silent so I don't have to hear your Facebook pop-up ads, okay? That was a joke, you can laugh. <laughs> so we're gonna jump in, Psalm 119, nine through 16. How can a young person stay on the path of purity? By living according to your word. There is a path, and it is a pure path, and there is a map. It goes on to say, I seek you with all my heart. Do not let me stray from your commands. Again, straying or veering off the path. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. This is a memory verse, if I ever heard one. I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. Praise be to you, Lord. Teach me your decrees. With my lips, I recount all the laws from your mouth. I rejoice on your precepts and consider your ways. I meditate on your precepts and consider all your ways. I delight in your decrees. I will not neglect your word. K.J. Ramsey relays her experience of hitting an obstacle in her life's journey. She writes, I was desperate for encouragement but couldn't open my Bible. As tears fell, the words I could not read welled up inside instead. For you were created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Unbidden, she writes, my soul remembered its truest story. The story that my present suffering was threatening to smash and scatter to the wind. A month after I turned 20, my body suddenly became a place of pain rather than possibility. I sat on my dorm bed and for a few minutes I tried to uncoil my swollen hands to turn the pages of my Bible to no avail. In that suffering, the word hidden in my heart started countering my fear. I was confused and craving comfort, but God's story was alive inside of me, welcoming me into the wonder that I am loved even at my weakness. What K.J. Ramsey discovered was that hiding God's word in our heart is powerful. It carries with it the weight of the word of God alive inside of us. When we memorize God's word, it becomes three powerful tools on the adventure of life. And that's what we're going to cover today. So if you are a note taker and note takers are world changers, let's go. We're going to write some stuff down. And here's the first thing I want you to write down today. The word of God is a map. It's a map. Reading God's word is like reading a map. You can learn the streets and the landmarks, unless you're 15 and you don't know how to use a map. <laughs> or um, memorizing God's word is like driving through the city and then using the map to kind of get your way around until you know every street by heart. I don't need a map in Seaford because I know Seaford by heart. I grew up here, I walk the streets, I know how to get around because I've memorized it. I've memorized the streets. And you still need a map for reference. I still, if I need to go out in the country a little bit or if I need a little bit, I have to look at a map. But when you memorize it, you can find your way even in the dark. Even when you're in pain and things don't make sense, when you have God's word memorized, you can find your way, even at the darkest time. God's word as a map provides you with two things. 
The first thing I want you to write down is discernment. You can discern the way you need to take. Memorizing God's word is renewing your mind. It's literally forging new neural pathways for your brain to follow. Literally, you are reprogramming your brain when you memorize God's word. Romans 12, 2 says this. It says, do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, his good, pleasing, and perfect will. When you memorize God's word, you create new neural pathways and a new map for your mind to follow when you don't know what to do or where to go. It is going to give you the discernment so you can know what God's will is and follow it. It will help you even in the darkest hour. It's amazing. The second thing that the word of God gives you is clarity. The book of Proverbs provides clear instructions. If you've ever read Proverbs, um, I highly recommend it because it is super practical, super practical on everything. Like there's not a subject I don't think that's not covered in Proverbs. Uh, it's amazing. But the, the Bible also provides super clear instructions and in Jesus' greatest sermon in Matthew 5, 6, and 7 is the Sermon on the Mount. I don't think you can get much clearer than what Jesus said there. As a matter of fact, one of my favorite um, speakers and authors, Shane Claiborne, um, was asked to speak at a youth conference. And if you've ever heard of Shane, he's a little different, um, and I love him for it. And he was at a youth conference that he was paid to speak at, and he literally got up and just read the Sermon on the Mount and then dismissed himself. And he said, I can preach no greater thing than this, what Jesus has said. That's powerful, and it's clear. If you're unclear on the right path, memorizing God's word will bring you clarity in your decision making. This is what Psalm 19:7 says. It says, the law of the Lord is perfect, refreshing the soul. The statutes of the Lord are trustworthy. You can trust God's word, making wise the simple. Can I get an amen for the simple people in the house? I get some wisdom when I read the word and I need it because y'all, your girl's simple. The next thing we're going to talk about is that the word of God is a sword. It is a sword. When I first said yes to Jesus um, a long, long time ago, interestingly, the scripture that God used to really speak to my heart was Ephesians 6. Of all the scriptures in the Bible, it wasn't like the, the, the passages about uh, Jesus' love or salvation. It was God literally speaking into my spirit a verse that I read. He said, girl, and this is a paraphrase, girl, how are you going to do what I've called you to do if you don't put the armor on? You're not prepared. You need to repent and get right with me and prepare yourself because I have something for you. That freaked me out, to be honest. I was like, what? I don't, I don't know about all this. I thought well, I was just going to say yes to you and like you're going to make my life all better and my marriage better and all that. No, he had a plan. This is what Ephesians 6, 17 says. Take the helmet of salvation and the sword of the Spirit, which is the Word of God. The Word of God is a sword. But you can't forge a sword without some work. I don't know if you've ever got to see a blacksmith, but I'm a geek. I go to Renaissance fairs. I love all that stuff. And I've watched blacksmiths work on a blade. 
It takes a lot. That steel has to be folded and hammered and folded and hammered and folded and hammered and heated up and cooled and heated up and cooled. It's a process. Memorizing God's word is like you forging a sword in your spirit. When you memorize God's word, it's like folding that steel and hammering it into yourself, your very, very spirit. When you memorize God's word, you just fold it over and hit it. Fold it over and hit it until you have a sword that you can fight with. Because sometimes life is a fight. Whether it's a fight for the relationships that matter to you, or it's a fight for your uh, career, or if it's a fight for um, your friends, whatever it is, sometimes it's a fight for your health. And you need a powerful weapon. The Word of God provides you with a powerful weapon against three things. It first provides you with a powerful weapon against your thoughts and attitudes. Now, this is a struggle because my thoughts aren't always the best. <laughs> my attitude sometimes really stinks, and it often depends on other people's attitudes in my house. And if you have a three-year-old, you know exactly what I'm talking about. She is something else. She is a fiery little redhead. But when I memorize the Word of God, it helps me with my thoughts and my attitudes and aligning them. I asked Alfie, we were driving back from Virginia, and I said, hey, Tell me about a time when the word of God came to mind for you. Um, and he shared with me, he's like, it's pretty much always uh, when I'm about to lose my temper and the word of God comes to me about um, do not be quick to be angry. <laughs> and he said, and sometimes it comes after I've already blown up and been angry about something and it comes to me. And it's so true. It does come when you need it. And I'm so glad that the word of God has come to me. And this is what Hebrews 4.12 says. It says, for the word of God is alive and active, sharper than any double-edged sword. It penetrates even dividing the soul and the spirit, joints and marrow. It judges the thoughts and the attitudes of the heart. Jesus was amazing. He had the, the ability to look at people in a crowd and know what they were thinking. The word of God is Christ's words alive in us, helping us to discern what thoughts and what attitudes are not of his spirit. But we won't have that ability if we don't memorize and put it in our hearts in the first place. If you don't equip it, if you don't build it, you won't have it when you need it. The second thing that the word of God as a sword helps with is the fight against sin. If you are fighting with a specific sin, whether it's jealousy or lust or greed or any number of the things that the Bible names, the God's, God's word in your heart will help you overcome every temptation. It will literally remind you of the path you're supposed to take. Psalm 119.11 says, I have hidden your word in my heart that I might not sin against you. When you hide God's word in your heart, it helps you choose what's right even when you're tempted to do what's wrong. If you've ever struggled with sin, and if you haven't, I'd like to meet you and shake your hand because you're a unique person. As a matter of fact, you're a liar, so you've sinned. Um, <laughs> I'll tell you to your face. No. Um, 
So if, if you memorize God's word, you hide it in your heart and you can fight against sin in your life. You can fight to do what's right. And the third thing that God's word as a sword helps you with is against the enemy. One of my favorite stories is about Jesus when he just got done being baptized by John the Baptist and he's accepted the mission and God said, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And it says that the spirit led him out into the wilderness to be tempted by the enemy. Well, isn't that crazy? The spirit took him on an adventure. Yikes. The spirit led him out into the wilderness. Sometimes the spirit doesn't always lead you into comfort. Sometimes he wants you to get uncomfortable so that you can grow. So that you can know who God's called you to be. So Jesus goes out to the wilderness and three times the enemy tempts him to sin against God and against everything he's uh, about to do and to give up and to quit. And every single time that Jesus is tempted by the enemy, he responds not by just rebuking or yelling or screaming. He just simply quotes the word of God. That's it. Why? Because it's a powerful weapon. If it was good enough for Jesus, it's good enough for us. And he had it equipped in his heart and was ready when the enemy came at him. And the enemy will come at you. The minute you say yes to Jesus, the enemy is at your throats, guys. He's coming at your neck. He is out for you. So the next thing that I want to share with you that the word of God is, is the word of God is a wise guide. Sometimes when the map isn't clear, and your sword is sheathed, you need somebody to speak to you. I want to tell you, first of all, that the word of God is not Wikipedia. It's wisdom. It's not an instant fix so that you have all the right answers and you know everything about the universe. It's not that. It's like having a person with you at all times who can give you the very best wisdom and truth so that you know what to say when you're not sure what to say. So you know what path to take when you're not sure what path to take. And when you fail, and when you get off path, the wise guide gets you back on the right path. The word of God is a wise guide. Throughout Proverbs, which we all covered as a wisdom book of the Bible, is all kinds of wisdom. But in the book of Proverbs, wisdom is characterized by a woman calling out in the streets. It says, um, out of the open, wisdom calls aloud. She raises her voice in the public square. On top of the wall, she cries out. At the city gate, she makes her speech. Wisdom is a wise guide. Walking you through what you need to go, what you need to know. Wisdom is the spirit alive in you. And when you equip the word of God in your life, you have that voice guiding you. Proverbs 133 says this, but whoever listens to me, that's wisdom, will dwell in safety, secure from the fear of evil. When Jesus was 12 years old, 
his parents lost him. <laughs> that stinks. Actually, they went three days away from him. But when they found him, they found him in the temple, learning, sitting, speaking, proclaiming the truth of God with wisdom. But in Luke 2.52, it's interesting because it says this. It says, Jesus grew in wisdom. It says he grew in wisdom and stature and in favor with God and man. If Jesus grew in wisdom, so can you. If Jesus had to grow in wisdom, then you do too. So when you memorize the word of God, you will be growing in wisdom and to have wisdom with you all times. And it's going to help you do a couple of things. When you have the wise guide with you, when you've memorized the word of God and put it in your heart, it will actually amplify the voice of God. It'll actually be a megaphone so that you can hear clearly what God is speaking to you. When you memorize God's word, and you can't just let it be semantic. It can't just be memorizing the words with language. Because that's nice, but that doesn't get into your neurological pathways that help you retain information. You have to speak it over your life. Incorporate it in your life. Remember last week we talked about how we're supposed to have it as on the door frames of our home, and we're going to teach our kids as we walk and we sit and we go and we're doing, it's on the gate, it's everywhere. Amplifying the voice of God by memorizing the scripture is important. You can do this by drawing, if you're artistic, painting. If you're not, it's cool. They have these coloring books now that have the scripture verses, and you can sit there and color with colored pencils. They have the lines for you. Come on, you can do that. If you can't tap into your inner child, go back when you colored in coloring books and do it. It's an amazing way to incorporate it into your autobiographical part of your brain so that it's not just semantic, you're memorizing it. Paint it, embody God's word, get a t-shirt. I don't know what you got to do, but get it on you, in you, through you. Because the Bible does this when you memorize it and it amplifies the voice of God, it's going to amplify and remind you who you are. It's going to remind you who you are. It's going to show you who others are. It's going to give you wisdom about people and about their attitudes and thoughts that you might not have known before. But it also is going to help you see others in the image of God. I remember when I first um, said yes to Jesus, I was working um, at a car dealership. And we had um, a customer and she was awful. There is no other way to put it. She was mean. She was forceful. She was rude. She always tried to manipulate to get a discount and to get her own way and have her car serviced for free. She would say she knew the owner, and then she would cuss you if you didn't believe her and accuse you of all this stuff, and I despised it. It made me so mad. And I remember driving home from work one day, and I was just mad about this person. And very, very clearly, God's word came to mind. And he said, I died for her too, you know. And he showed me a picture of her as I should see her. And she was lonely and angry and broken. And I saw her face in a different way. It wasn't 
this angry person in front of me at the register anymore. It was the broken person who needed the love of Christ. When you put God's word in your heart, it changes the way you see other people and you see them in the image of God. And forgiveness and restoration of relationships and grace is more possible and easier for you when you memorize God's word. It also will protect you from false prophets and spiritual imposters because there are people who would love to have you nothing more than enslaved again to sin or to keep you under legalism, which is bondage. When you know God's word for yourself, you are equipping yourself with the power to say, no, that's not what God's word said, and that's not what it means. It will protect you from those people. The next thing it helps you to do is helps you to help others. That's a lot. Helps you to help others. I love that Jesus invites us to be his hands and feet, to be his mouth, to be his arms and his voice to help other people. We get to join in on what Jesus is doing in this world. That's insane to me that he would invite me in to be a part of his eternal work and helping people to know him better and get to heaven and be with him and to have a party. I'm down for this. This is cool. It's like coolest thing ever. Romans 15, 4 says, For everything that was written in the past was written to teach us, so that through the endurance taught in the scriptures and the encouragement they provide, we might have hope. Now, that's probably one of my favorite words, (laughs) hope. (laughs) But everything that was written in the past is for us. The scriptures are for us now. And sure, Let's be honest, some of them are weird. Some of the verses are uncomfortable. And they should be uncomfortable because it's a plethora of sin that the Israelites and all of these foreign people committed. It's awful, some of it. But it also stands as a wise guide to tell you don't take that path. Don't do what they did. Don't do it like that. You go read Judges and you like have to like wash your hands afterwards because it's pretty, it's pretty messy, it's pretty dirty. I love uh, Thessalonians. Thessalonians 4.18 says, Therefore, encourage one another with these words. To give you a little context, Paul is writing to the Thessalonians because they're worried about what has happened to the people who have passed away before them. And he says, don't worry. They're good. God's got them, and they're in a better place. They've got this covered, and they're going to rise when Jesus rises. So why don't you go ahead and encourage each other? with these words. We encourage one another. We help each other when we have the word memorized and we can share it with somebody else. It's so interesting to me when I talk to our team and we get together that the Spirit will completely tell me a verse, remind me of something that Jesus said or did, and I will share it with my team and it'll hit home. If you've ever shared a word with somebody and it hit home, And you're like, oh, that was from the Lord. That wasn't me, but it was from the Lord. But I wouldn't be able to do that. And you won't be able to do that if you don't know it, if you don't have it in your heart. So here we get down to brass tacks. Here's some practical ways that we're going to apply this today. Because memorization isn't as simple as a recitation of what has been written. It's not just reciting 
We have to engage the Bible first and foremost as a relationship with the living God. The Bible is developing your relationship with the living God. The word of God is alive and active. It is a relationship with the living God. And this activates the part of our brain to encode the story of scripture into our stories, into our autobiographical memory, rather than our semantic memory. So we have um, this encoded in our story, and we're much less likely to forget. When it's not just words, when it's our life. So how do we encode God's story into our story? How can we memorize scripture effectively? Here we go. Write these down. Jamar Tisby gives us these practical tips. Give him full credit. Amazing. Repeat over time. You want to repeat over time. It's more helpful to say a verse once a day for 100 days than to say it 100 times in a single day. So over time, repeat these exercises once daily over a long period of time. Use your Dwell app. Guys, if you don't have it, we're going to show you in just a few minutes um, how you can snap a QR code and download it for free. It's our gift to you. But you can put it on repeat. You can engage your brain in two ways. You can listen to it. And you also have the, the option on the app when you're listening to scriptures to read along with. And it'll literally scroll through the scriptures that you're hearing audibly and you can read the words. That way you're engaging two parts of your brain. The more you engage the brain, the better off it is. Engage all the parts of the brain. The next thing you can do is review old verses. So you got to work before you play. Work on what you already know so you can record in your brain and in your mind what you need to learn now. So if you're learning a larger passage of scripture, if you're learning two or three verses, rehearse the first one and then move on to the next one. So 100 days on that first one and then add the next one in, okay? The next thing you do is memorize verse numbers. It does no good if you don't know where to find it. Because somebody needs to check you, right? The Bereans were great about this. They get all the praise in the Bible because they checked the scriptures to make sure what Paul was saying was true. Okay, so you want to make sure that you memorize the verse number so you know where to find it. You can look it up and read it again. So you just have it right as part of what you're memorizing. You'll be less likely to skip verses and more easy to recite them if you memorize the verse numbers. Um, so if you'll say, you know, 1 John 1.1 1, 1, or, you know, Matthew 4.7, make sure you say it after you've memorized it. Photograph with your eyes. Photograph with your eyes. Memorizing is taking mental pictures and remembering them. Pretend you take a picture of each word as you memorize them. The last thing Jamar Tisby says is say it out loud. Say it out loud. It engages your brain in so many ways when you repeat the word out loud. It actually gets embedded into your long-term memory that way. It's also powerful over your life. One of the best ways that I know to prepare for speaking is to speak what I'm getting ready to say over and over and over again, because it embeds it into my memory. And the same thing is true with scripture. You can practice inflection when you say it out loud and you get a sense of the text and you remember it better. You have to internalize the word of God. 
you have to fold that steel and make that blade. You have to get the map out. You need to have the wise guide. You can do this when you engage your whole bodies. When we teach kids scripture, when we teach them to memorize the word, especially for our active kids, using full body motions, hand motions with the Bible at the end, engages the whole body, and they're more likely to memorize it that way. Memorizing scripture gives you everything you need to go on the adventure of life, and not only to survive, but to thrive, and to help other people reach the victor's parade. When you equip it, you are equipping to help others. The Dwell app is going to help you to do that here is the QR code. You can download this app for free. It's on us. We got it because we love it and we want you to use it. If you snap that QR code, you can download the app now. On the Dwell app, it has um, the opportunity. I just used this last night. It was super cool. You can actually go in the app and build a playlist. So you can pick the scriptures that you want on a playlist. So last night, I took all of my scriptures that are in this sermon, this talk, and I put them in the Dwell app. And that's what I fell asleep to last night, was every sermon, I was, every, every passage I was preaching on today. It's amazing what that does, embedding it in my heart, getting it in my spirit, so that I could share it with you. I love the fact that you can change the voices and hear it in different voices, in different languages even, Spanish and Portuguese, in case you're like down with that. I love it because I'm learning Spanish. Um, I, I'm trying to teach myself Spanish, and when I listen to it in Spanish, it helps me. Believe it or not, it's crazy. It's so good. Now, as you exit today, I'm so excited because we are giving you the opportunity to memorize the Word of God in a super funky, fun way. As you exit today, please make sure you pick up at least three, but more, of these awesome temporary tattoos you will literally be able to put this on your arm, put water on it, and you'll be able to memorize uh, Colossians 3.16. Every letter in this verse is represented here. So each word, the first letter of each word is across this. And you put this on your arm and you can begin to memorize the passage and quote it. So yes, I'm tattooing all of you today. <laughs> The great thing is, is that Hope Kids is also doing the same thing with the verse that they're memorizing as a kid's church. It's a really cool device to help you. So please make sure you get those on your way out. Listen, in Jesus, we're offered the relationship that will change our stories. We'll change everything by renewing our minds down to the firing of our neural networks. We are renewed and transformed. Because Christ came, because he suffered, because he lives now, by his spirit, he is always meeting with us. As we move from merely memorizing scripture to encountering God with all of our senses, with all that we are, with our emotions, with our, our physical self, especially when we're anxious or confused or in need of comfort, Christ's story becomes our own. Because he lives, we live. If you've never experienced a relationship with God through Jesus Christ, I would love to make the introduction today. I'm going to pray a prayer, and I would invite you to close your eyes and pray with me 
If you want to accept Jesus, we're going to ask you to say yes today. Say yes to Jesus. And after we pray, there's going to be an opportunity for you to snap, yes, another QR code or to text, that's me, to 94,000. Let's pray together. Father, I want a relationship with you. Today, I say, yes, that's me. That's me. I want a relationship with you, God. Jesus, I know that there is so much more to this life and that you are the map and the sword and the wise guide. And I want to encounter your word. I want to memorize so that I can have a relationship with you. I say yes to you today, Jesus. With your head still bowed and your eyes still closed, um, even if you're not going to snap that QR code, that's okay. Could you just lift your hand and just let me know that you said yes today? Thank you, thank you, thank you. I appreciate that. If you're here today and you've been struggling with your connection with God, there's an opportunity for you to reconnect. I want you to reconnect with God. I want you to give him another chance. It's so worth it. It's so worth it. If you want to say, I'm back, I'm going to get back on track with God, I want to pray with you again. Again, there's another opportunity for you to let us know that you're reconnecting with God and saying yes to him all over again. You can text, I'm back to 94,000, or just snap this QR code and text us and let us know that you said that's, that I'm back, I'm saying yes to God all over again. Let's pray together. Father, I thank you that we can reconnect to you anytime. It doesn't have to be on a Sunday morning or even in church. But I want to say that I'm back. I want to get back on track with you. I want to memorize your word. I want to get to know you again all over. Renew my mind from the inside out. If that's you today, please be sure to connect with us. It's really simple. If you say yes to Jesus today or you said I'm back, you can snap the QR code and you're just going to get a text. And if you don't want to receive any more text or anything, you can just say stop. And it stops. You won't be harassed. We just want to know. We just want to help you on your journey. And we're so honored that you would say yes to Jesus. And we're so honored that you would say I'm back. We hope you found today's message both helpful and inspiring. Hope Church meets every Sunday at 10 a.m. in Seaford, Delaware at the Seaford Senior High School Auditorium. If you would like more information, you can find it at www.hopedelmarva.com. That's hope, B-E-L-M-A-R-V-A.com. Thanks for listening.